Hey everybody, welcome to the 3Cast. I'm your host, Matt Weber. I'm joined by Vincent Hoy and Ricky Williams. The boys are all together. All right, and can't we talk about some anti-Semitism? I can't wait to just force Ricky to talk about a musical. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. That factors real big into my... uh... Into my uh, assessment of this movie. Well, that's right. because Vin Diesel can't sing, so I mean. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Says so, who? So, so all right. So we ju- we jumped the gun here a little bit. So we, this is the three cast. We review movies and TV shows and all that stuff. This time we watched the producers, <laughs> the 2005 movie version, and this was Vince's choice. So Vince, briefly, if you can, tell us what this movie is about. Okay, so we're coming off of like a, a lot of uh, kind of satire and parody movies. Uh, we like you were talking about Blazing Saddles way back in the day, and of course Mel Brooks is uh, unapologetically uh, free of political correctness. So in the movie, the producers, which is based on them, uh, an earlier uh, version of the movie in seventies um, or something, but um, the premise of this is it's a it's a musical and um, it's basically about uh, a way you can scam to make money. So there are uh, two producers. One producer, most notably, um, is Bialystok, um, and he is a sketchy, sketchy guy. He basically has a flop of a musical, and they and he eventually an accountant, Leo Bloom, um, comes in and says, "Hey, man, uh, you know you've been kind of uh, selling, whoring himself out, like the, the Bialystok, to raise money to make these productions. He whores himself out." to make a certain amount of money to get backers, right? And they're guaranteed a certain percentage of ownership of the um, production. But of course, uh, the accountant realizes that, you know, there's a lot of sketchiness going on. And essentially, if um, you were able to raise like $2 million in um, uh, money for, for a musical, well, essentially, um, if it flops, you don't have, it bankrupts, so you don't have to pay the people back any money, right? So if you raise $2 million and had a flop, then you basically, no one really cares whether or not the $2 million went to the production or it just goes into your pocket. So at that point, Bialystok says, okay, well, in that case, we're going to make the worst musical possible. And he enlists, of course, the accountant who is an aspirational or aspires to be uh, a producer as well. And, you know, great and fun ensues because they end up having to find the worst possible production and they find this uh, neo-Nazi, uh, would you call it a neo-Nazi? Because it kind of happens in the 1950s, right? But anyways, uh, Will Ferrell <laughs> plays a not neo-Nazi uh, who wrote a play called Springtime for Hitler. And of course, they're like, let's do this, right? This is the crappiest, craziest idea. So let's do it. And That's then they also have flop. to- Yeah, and then they also, well, it's funny, yeah. So, so like they go, where, because, like, where do you think it's gonna be flop? Uh, page four. Um, no, but the, the thing is, then he goes, okay, well, we also got to get the worst director possible. So they get this guy named Debris, who is like super, super, let's just say it. The song is called Keep It Gay, right? So he, he's super, super gay. And, and, uh, and of course, you know, this is going to be a bad combo, right? So it's like, it's springtime for Hitler, and it's going to be produced, directed by like the gayest of gay uh, caricatures, right? And then um, the casting, they end up hiring like, I was I forgot that Uma Thurman was in this movie, but they end up uh, hiring like a Swedish actress who's like very seductive. Um, and it's like questionable as to whether or not she can actually do anything other than just look hot. Right. So anyway, <laughs> they, they, they make the production, they run it and it is terrible, like except that um, unfortunately, 
uh, in the process, they make so much money uh, uh, that, that, that they're kind of banking on pocketing the money and having this thing flop. The problem is that it's a success. It is some it is so popular. It's satirical. <laughs> People understand it as, as a parody. And like, if you watch this, like, if you, you it's, it's hard to describe. But there are like, it's like what, like all the like five ten minutes of, of the show they show. But it's like they they portray Hitler as the gayest of gay dictators, right? <laughs> the like, it is so like if you were German, not even if you were like gay or straight. It's if you were German. Like they have like this whole thing where um, they have every cliche like. Um, like steins of, of beer, sausages, and it's just like terrible. Like pe women are deck are dressed out like sausages. It, you can't make this stuff up, right? <laughs> and then like the the, the the musical number where like they all are, and this is actually from the real musical too, which I love. It, they actually make a swastika formation and do a kick line. Uh, like you you can't make this stuff up. And uh, it's just you you think it's like the most satirical thing possible. The crowd loves it, and as a result the two producers go to jail because they get busted for fraud, right? Because they now owe every single backer. Like if every single person was like uh, owned 50% of the production, right? And you have like a million people subscribing to it, then you kind of have to pay them out. So they kind of go to jail and then it all ends out really well. Um, they basically, uh, uh, how would you say? They, they basically run a production in the jail and then they come out and they make it as big producers. So it's a kind of tongue in cheek thing, but man, oh man, it is just funny. Uh, I thought it was just good because we were talking about Nathan Lane at the last, uh, you know, discussion. We were talking about the birdcage and how his acting was pretty good. And that was in 1996, if I recall. And so this is like 2005. So it's like, you know, a little bit over a decade later, under a decade later. And it's just, it just really is fun. And I, I honestly, like, I haven't seen the production in a while. Um, but I just remembered it was it was so good, and some of the jokes are just fun. And like you just go, if Mel Brooks were were not Jewish, there are so many Jewish and like I can't even say Holocaust jokes, but you know I mean like there are so many things that would be deemed super inappropriate. And I just thought it was just like a good fun relief. So, anyways, what's your thoughts on this, boys? Ricky, you want to go first? Um, sure. Go ahead. So I saw it, and I thought, okay. They've got to be, uh, they really want to, um, you know, make me cry because it's a musical. And then I saw that it had some of my favorite people, Matthew, Matthew Broderick, Will Ferrell, Uma Thurman. So I thought, okay, this is going to be good. And then, uh, I don't know, it, it had mixed reviews for me. Um, the jokes were funny. Um, the whole idea was pretty good, um, but it's just, uh, I don't know, I couldn't really get past the whole um, musical thing. Oh, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, did, did they have to talk and you just didn't understand when they were singing it? Like, what, what was the thing about the musical? Ricky's like, there's no, not enough explosions. <laughs> it just, yeah, it wasn't, I mean, it was funny and... I had some of my favorite people, so that was pretty cool. But um, it just, I expected more from it once I saw who was actually in it. And the fact that I was kind of down on it in the first place. But then, so, uh, you know, it, it's a, you know, it's, it's a mixed review overall. It's not that I hate it. It's just, you know. All right. Well, after that glowing review. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I adore this movie, okay? I, I adore the original. I love this oh, movie so much. Um, uh, but 
this movie flopped. I mean, it flopped hard. Like it lost money. Mm. Yeah. So mm. really, kept uh, it made like nineteen million. No, no, no. It's, That's it made, not a lot of money. It had a forty-five million for the time. Like, it had a forty-five million dollar budget. It made thirty-eight. Okay. So yeah, it, it didn't even make back its budget. So it it, it flopped. Yeah. And I think I and I may be wrong on this. I think this is the last movie that Mel Brooks was really like a truly a part of it. Well, was he the dude's like a hundred, isn't he? Like I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's <laughs> old. So I think that this was his last movie. I, yeah, I guess I could but, be wrong about that. You know what's interesting? Because I'm, you know, I'm a really nerdy musical fan. So there actually is a quote in in one of the movie lines uh, uh, during the springtime for Hitler, where it's like, uh, "Be a smarty, come join the Nazi party or something." Like I can't remember. <laughs> Don't be like, "Be a smarty, join the party," like kind of thing. Uh, John and I, so that line is actually said by Mel Brooks in the musical production, and. It actually is resampled, and the actor that says it is not Mel Brooks, but they use his lines. So I think he was just really getting old uh, in in that particular movie. I know that he always makes a guest appearance in some of his movies in some way, but that that was just interesting because I think he's getting old, man. I mean, some of his movies back in like the the 70s and 80s, he was actually the star of, right? So yeah, uh, yeah. Th- all right, so if you're first of all, if you're a Mel Brooks fan, and You've watched all of his movies, and you watch this movie. There are so many callbacks to like Blazing Saddles and History of the World Part One, and um, uh, there's, uh, there's uh, the, the Frankenstein one. Yeah, the, the Frankenstein um, one. There's it? Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's so many callbacks. I mean, uh, I mean, even the title of the play, Springtime for Hitler, made an appearance in a previous movie. Um, it's just, it's so. I mean, if, if you're like, I said, if you're a Mel Brooks fan. This was pure Mel Brooks. I mean, I, that's the. I think that's the one thing I take away from this movie. Yes, it's funny. I mean, of course it's funny. It's it's Mel Brooks. Uh, mm-hmm. But this this movie was filmed in 2005. They did such a good job of making it look like it was not 2005. You know what I mean? Even even at the beginning when um, Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick are, he, like, he follows uh, Nathan Lane follows Matthew Broderick, Broderick into a cab. And they're oh, driving yeah. in the cab, and you can even see the background the looks like it was yeah. shot in the 1950s. 1950s. Yep. It looked like a James it, it Bond actually, film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I will give you credit. Like, yeah, that's a really good observation. Um, because it was, I, I honestly got some serious Guys and Dolls vibe. And if you guys know Guys and Dolls, the movie, it was done with uh, get this Frank Sinatra and um, uh, who is it? Uh, Don Corleone. Um, what's his name? Uh, the guy that plays uh, excuse me. Um. Oh, uh, who's the guy, the most famous actor? Um, anyways, it, it's got a noble cast. It's it was it looked very similar. It's like it, it it's like you know clearly on a stage stage uh, set design, like you know it's on a, on a on a lot, but it it looks great. It looks great, and it looks very much of of the era. And and I think it's I can't remember any musical um, that's been done in that way. I can this remember this is coming on the exhaust fumes of like movies that won. Remember Chicago won the Academy Awards like a few years back, right? In 2001 or two or whatever, right? So this is where it's like they, they this was the, the musical era. Remember like now we're on the superhero movie era. Kids, mm-hmm. if you guys are too are too young to remember this, but back in 2000s it was musicals like Chicago, Phantom <laughs> Opera, you know that kind of stuff. No, seriously, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that, that's what you pulled off, and uh, I, think, I think that's what we saw. Like, you can't, you can never forget the the Phantom of the Opera guy with the Phantom that couldn't sing. Gerard right? Butler. 
Yeah, I mean, like he, the, the man could not sing with a, a lick. I mean, and that high note at the end, holy shit. Well, I'd be curious about how uh, maybe you make maybe make make Ricky watch that one because that's Jared Butler. That's that that is oh, oh, three hundred. That is three hundred, man. Three hundred right there. And it has opera in it. How could you go wrong? Of course, this Ricky's is opera. Ricky's going to love it. I mean, it's just been. Anyways, the the producers. So, I, there's nothing about this movie that I don't like. Um, I'm not. I've never been a big fan of Matthew, Matthew Broderick. I, I just haven't been. I, I don't think he's a very good actor, but he does a really good job in this movie after, like, the first part. He, that, the part where he goes hysterical at the beginning is just mm-hmm. not well acted, but the rest of the movie he's really good in. Um, Nathan Lane was just, I mean, he was Nathan Lane in this movie. He's so good. Um, well, the, the thing that I want to draw attention to is that both Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick were the ones that starred in the original broadway production of this remember this started off as a movie and then it became yeah then it became a musical and then it became a movie again so it's like (laughs) so it's like a photocopy photocopy but they kept the two key actors in that and it's funny that you should mention matt that matt's acting at the beginning wasn't so good that was his whole shtick in the original stage production you know what i mean see i never got to see the stage production so was he he was the same yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, this is, again, again, nerdy stuff when you can go to New York and stuff. I actually saw this in Toronto as well as in New York, so I, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of this movie, man. Yeah, so good. So, uh, I, I don't even know much more to say about it other than it's, it's fantastic. This is, uh, well, okay, okay, can, can, go ahead. Okay, so can, can I talk about a couple of things? So, go one ahead. thing that we talked about in the last movie with the birdcage was about the stereotypes and how far you can push the boundaries in the envelope, right? And, and I'll start off with the gay uh, issues that are put out by uh, Mel Brooks, and then we can talk about the Jewish ones. But um, man, uh, the, 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 when they go into the producers, not the producers, the director's house, and it's like literally they have like the village people, and, <laughs> and then like the song breaks out, and then like there's the, the one lesbian, and then I, I, and the thing was, I, I, didn't, I didn't notice it until I watched the movie again, because I never heard it. But uh, when they're doing the conga line at the end of, of that with the with the with the macho man and village people and all that stuff, uh, they have the the lesbian in it, and she's the second last person or se- second to last person. And there's a guy like I think it's the in the, the Native American village person is like trying to touch her butt, and she goes, "Don't touch me." And I I just I never picked up on that, and it was just like little cues <laughs> like that, or like when when Will Ferrell later on in the in the movie when Ferrell when, when Ferrell's neo-Nazi character is like. Uh, you didn't keep the Siegfried oath. I'm gonna kill you all. And then the, the the gay director is like, "Oh, hurry up, let's go back and hide in the closet." Okay, let's do that. Right? I just thought I was like, <laughs> "Oh man." So so I was wondering if you guys like like if you were like you know if if you were gay, I mean, would you take offense to this or like as it's such a super super extreme stereotype of like so many things, right? Uh, like. Like even when he's like, get the champagne, and there's like a naked dude that just comes out with like champagne, and you're like, whoa. So I, I don't know. What do you yeah. What do you guys think about that? I don't know. Like, it's hard for me to say, right? Like as a gay person, I just know when I watch movies, you know, as a black person, and that they have black stereotypes. You know, I don't. I'm not gonna speak for everyone, but for me, it's like, you know, it's. I understand it's a movie. I understand, you know, that it's not, it's, 
it's just something different you know what i mean like i i don't see it as like something to get offended about right, let me ask you this question ricky so have you I, s- I would feel that you know I, ricky I have you seen blazing saddles yeah yeah we did we did right so ricky are you offended by blazing saddles <laughs> no all right see <laughs> i think that's probably what way most people are i I mean, it's hard to assume, right? But I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's offended by Mel Brooks, right? Don't you go into oh, a okay, Mel Brooks? But, but Matt, Blazing Saddles, if you were black, would you actually take offense to any of the things that are put up? Sure, the stereotypes, but I mean, they they don't say, oh, you know, um, blacks do a certain thing that's necessarily negative. Like It's a black sheriff, and it's like a fish out of water thing. It is a black guy who is very attractive and hung and all that stuff to the females. I, I don't know if you can say that the kind of portrayal of the stereotypes in the gay population in the producers is on the same level. I mean, this is like, you know, I, the, not every single gay person has that lisp. Remember when he answers the door and has that lisp and he's like, for the longest time? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I wasn't you know talking I mean? about specifically Blazing Saddles or any of uh, Brooks and movies, right? I'm just talking about movies in general. There are movies that are, you know, they they show a lot of the stereotypes, right? And I'm just saying when I watch them, I'm not speaking for everyone because I'm sure there are some out there who are, you know, they're a little more sensitive to it, just like there mm-hmm. are some who are less sensitive. But for me personally, it's not... I understand it's a movie, it's not real life, and, you know, it's, I just don't find it offensive, right? It's, and it's not to say I haven't faced, you know, racism or stereotypes so that, oh, you know, you, you, you see it differently. I have, it's just, I just don't find it offensive in movies because I understand that it is a movie and, you know, that's, uh, maybe I just haven't. So, so I'm just saying. I'm sure that there are some in the gay community. Maybe they like Mel Brooks. Maybe not. But I'm sure that they don't find it offensive when there's mm-hmm. some based on their life experience or for whatever reason who are a little more sensitive to it. Um, you know, I, I can't say overall which one is more, which one is less. But you know. Okay. And and then, Matt, how about the kind of portrayal of different cultures? Like, I mean, the, 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 if I were German, right, I, I don't know how I'd take that um, for whether it's from the kind of bad, bad German accent that, you know, our, our man Will Ferrell puts out or like, <laughs> you know, the, or, or like if you were Swedish, I mean, a short of having her put together Ikea furniture, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Or, or even like let's be honest here like mel brooks likes making jewish jokes and and you know it, it's just funny that like he can look back at the holocaust i mean this guy's family uh kind of felt the brunt of the holocaust too and and yet he's able to look back and it's like you know kill him with laughter and i don't know mm-hmm. man like the, there are some cultural things that you know you you, you couldn't get away with that man like i i, I mean like if you said oh we're gonna make a musical at chinese like that kind of thing i'd be like whoa <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, but would you be offended though? 
I I don't know. I I mean, I could laugh at myself, but that's maybe mm-hmm. as you said. Like I'm I'm more I'm more tolerant of that kind of mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like I'm pretty sure my my some of my older family members. Yeah. Are like, Yo, that is next what level racism. What the hell is that? Yeah. Yeah, but but like also with the with the whole thing with the. I don't know. Like when 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 Will Ferrell just serves this thing uh, knows. Will Ferrell is like kind of living as like a secreted neo-Nazi. I'm not so sure how secret it is, but he has pigeons. And do you remember mm-hmm. the beginning when Andrews and he has like oh this one is like named Hans and Franz and then he has <laughs> oh Adolf and Adolf the pigeon gives him the the gives him the salute. Oh my god. Uh, see, oh, okay, so I, I don't know. It's really hard as the token white guy on the podcast to comment <laughs> about racism, all that stuff, okay? Because you, you always feel like you're, I mean, I've stuck my foot in it many times over the years on this podcast. Uh, so I try to, to censor myself just a bit to, to keep myself out of trouble. Uh, but I think that Mel Brooks is a special case, okay? Ooh. I think if you go into a Mel Brooks film, you pretty much know what you're going to get because all of his films are exactly like this. They all take stereotypes and overblow them for comedy effect. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can pretty much go right down the line of all of his movies, and they all have some aspect of this. Some of them, obviously, way more than others. Blazing Saddles, this one, you know, where he takes it, I mean, he takes it from over the top to way, way over the top, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but I think that, if, like I said, if you're going into, say this, you're back in 2005 and you're going into the theater knowing that this is a Mel Brooks film, based mm-hmm. on a Mel Brooks film, based on a, 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 a musical that was done by Mel Brooks, you have to know what you're getting into. It'd be like going into uh, Saturday Night Live and expecting opera. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you just have to know what you're getting into because this is what Mel Brooks has done since the, mm-hmm. the, the 50s. I mean, he, this is what he's done, it, you know? So it'd be really... I, I, I think it... I mean, I think it does a disservice to a lot of people in every community to assume that if they go into this movie that they'd be so stupid as to get offended because you'd have to be... Maybe stupid's not the right word, but maybe ignorant would be the right word because yeah. if you go into this movie assuming that it's going to be, uh, I don't know, high class and all that stuff... You're just asking to be offended at that point because uh, this is Mel Brooks. It's what he does. Um, so <laughs> you, you can't expect anything else. So I think that's the reason why I find such a hard mm-hmm. time for it. I also think that when I watch a Mel Brooks film, uh, movie, I don't go into it expecting anything else other than to be entertained. You know, mm-hmm. I expect to be – I go in there. I expect to find it hilariously funny. Now – I will say this. This is my view as a as a Mel Brooks fan. I own a box collection of all of his films, and mm-hmm. I, I like I, I I've been a fan of Mel Brooks for so long. I have some of his stuff on VHS. So, wow. So it's been a long. I mean, his stuff is just so good. Um. So I I can't pretend to be uh you know unbiased about this because I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of his. So it's like I said, it's really hard for me to comment on it. For so, so then tell me what's what's your rating what's your rating on this one? Oh, uh, six out of five. Six uh, out of five. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you, man, I can't be unbiased when it comes to Mel Brooks. It's all I. There's not a single one of his movies that I've watched that I, I hated. Now he has some really weird ones. He has that one that's uh like 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 a partially silent movie. I think it actually might be called Silent Movie. 
um, it, it was real, that one was really weird. It was probably one of his worst ones that I didn't like all that much. But almost all of his movies I just adore. They're just so good. Okay. I mean, okay, so so that Adolf Elizabeth favorite. Hitler. <laughs> yeah, that, I've actually, you know what? I gotta Google that up because I'm not even sure if that's actually true. But uh, Roger, uh, Ricky, what's what's your call on this one? Uh, I would give it a five out of ten. Holy like I said, I like the cast, um, and I like the jokes. They were funny. Uh, I just was expecting more um, from when I saw who was in it. Um, but I tampered that because it was a musical, and I hate those. So, oh, uh, Ricky, wow. you're not a, wow. you're not a man of culture. I'm sorry, player. What were you yeah, hey, I like Hamilton. <laughs> Okay, okay, but I mean, is this where we start playing the race thing where it's like, because is it, was it, was it really a musical or was it a rapsicle? Come on. Uh, hey, okay. don't even go there and say rap is not music. No, no, I'm just saying. Oh. Like, it just, it just, hey, I'm not saying that at all. Um, if, if, if you ever go into, I had my, I had my, I had to drive one of my, uh, one of my research assistants, uh, a couple of my research assistants uh, to, uh, to one of our research sites. And, uh, I happen to have my my phone automatically connected to my phone <clears throat> with so sorry with my oh, car system with car? Spotify, and then it started and then it started playing the DMX and stuff, and I was like, oh, and they're like, what the hell is that? And I'm like, and they're like, that's not even the radio. That is your that's your that's your phone. And I was like, yeah, I, I, that, that's my that's that's my that's my grading music. Um, so, <laughs> so, no, but okay, so, so it could have been worse. With, you could have been playing the Imperial March during grading. I mean. <laughs> Uh, that's actually in my office all the time. Um, but the, the, <laughs> so, so I was going to gonna say that's his ringtone. That, that is, <laughs> it is my ringtone. But but the um, the thing about as long as it's not his wife's ringtone, I mean. <laughs> oh, sorry, honey. Um, no, the the thing with the with this movie, I just want to draw attention to the fact that um, the original producers was done pretty much 20 years in the aftermath of the Holocaust. Okay, and that's why I think it's so impressive and ballsy. For Brooks to actually come up with that, like let's put it this way: twenty years ago, again coming with musicals was twenty years ago. Well, the September eleventh happened. That, uh, plus the fact that he's Jewish, so. Yeah, yeah, but 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 just hear me out here, man, because twenty years ago September eleventh happened, and mm -hmm. you know I'm not sure, Matt, if you're familiar with uh, Come From Away. It's a Canadian musical, like it got lots and lots of uh, Tony Awards and stuff. But it's celebrating its 20th, or not 20th, but it's celebrating its anniversary on, and it's 20 years ago. Like this musical came about from the tragedy of September 11th, right? And I just find it strangely coincidental that we're talking about this musical, which came out 20 years after the Holocaust, a huge black mark on history and human civilization, right? And, mm -hmm. and they're able to laugh at it 20 years out. And I'm just thinking if we were to say there's a musical that's talking, making light of September 11th, that would not happen, right? Yeah. And, and that's where I'm just, I, I, I look back and I just go, you know, were they more open-minded in 1960s than we are now? Like, I, I just got to put that out there because that's just like, it's like literally like a 20 year, 20 year. And you're just looking at, it's a musical about a tragedy that had huge ramifications on global history, right? And and yet one is taboo and the other one is like, like literally, we're we're actually not only making a movie, we made a production and we made a movie of the production. Like that is nuts, right? 
So I just want to draw attention to that. That was my observation uh, just for today uh, on, on the kind of deeper meaning. I give it a four and a half out of five. The only reason why I say it's a four and a half is because it loses out because you don't get the full impact, Ricky. If you actually were in a real stage performance, <laughs> yeah, you feel yeah, like actually. honest. Oh, come on, man. You you, you got to go. You got one day. I'm 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 gonna like there's gonna be Hamilton tickets in Toronto, and I'm like, yo, check it out. It's worth it. Okay. You know, I've you got to take him to a, a, a musical he doesn't like. I've I've been to musicals in high school. We went to That's see. That's not the same. Um, <laughs> high school musical is not a musical. <laughs> no, I'm saying I've been to musicals while I was in high school. We went to see Cats. Oh, um, we went to oh. see. Um, what's that? So you went to see the worst musical or whatever. Wait, wait, what did East you say? Side, East West Side, Side Story. Story or, yeah, that one. That's oh. Romeo and Juliet, man. Like, that, yeah. Didn't we make? Wait a minute, hold on a second. Didn't we make you watch West Side Story, yeah. like the the movie? You yeah. hated that too, didn't you? Uh, what is wrong yeah, with you, man? <laughs> one of the greatest movie musicals ever. Uh, Especially, the, it, it's at least the most known. All right, anyways. All right, okay. Yeah, I uh, gave it a five out of ten. <laughs> so it's a two and a half out of five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either way you go, it's still 50%. No, <laughs> man, you stay You stay in your lane. Stay in the culture. Uh, just, you know, go, go, go hang out with the cross people, man. We need to make, we need to... <laughs> Make sure we need to see if Vin Diesel has a, a musical out there. I'm sure he's done a musical. I mean, he's, he's been on Broadway. If you check his uh, IMDb uh, or whatever, really? like he drove a car he's on done. Broadway. Like, did he? Did he? <laughs> did he play the 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 main character of Hairspray or something? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, uh, just the last thing on this, I would love if somebody got together and just went through and just listed out every single callback. Of every Mel Brooks mm. film in this, because there's just so many. That that the hissing that you mentioned, that's from that was from Blazing Saddles too. So yeah. um, <laughs> it's just oh, I love Mel Brooks so much. Uh, the world is going to be a much poorer place when he eventually decides to die. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like okay, so anyways, so that is uh, it for this time. Uh, coming up the next time when we probably. I mean, things out at the end of August, obviously. Our next uh, show will be in September. Holy shit, it's going to be September, fellas. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, right? Uh, uh, anyways, our oh, next no. one is going to be the next Bond film. Woo! Which one's that? Which Roger Moore film is that? I have not a clue. I don't know where we're at. I'll have to look it up. Um, I don't even remember which one we did last <laughs> is it, time. There. Is it Octopussy yet? Is it Octopussy yet? No, la- last time we... What did we do last time? Um, we did the first Roger Moore one. Right, and now I think we're at Octopussy. I think honestly, I think we're at Octopussy. Okay, I'm gonna have to look it up. I I don't know, cause cause now we're at the era where I remember watching these like in the theater. So I'm old. So I'm thinking that's that, that, that's actually <laughs> right. So the, if we're on the second, if we're on the second Roger Moore movie, it's the Man with the Golden Gun. Oh, oh, Scaramanga. Forgot. So, so yeah. we're we're still quite a ways away from Octopussy because that was yeah. his second to last movie. Yeah, because um, Scaramanga still he has two movies because uh, he's in two of them. Two two yeah. Crap. Yeah, so, I we got Octopus Golden Gun, Gun, then Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, Four Your Eyes Only, then Octopussy. Yeah. Um. So oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so the the thing that's coming up next is Man with the Golden Gun, uh, 1974 Roger Moore, uh, directed by Guy Hamilton. Uh, yeah. 
Okay. We're we're still all right. So he, <laughs> we've been going through just before we go real quick. I get you out of here in by 45. I promise. Since the time we started doing these Bond films, we've done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We've done eight of the films in two years. <laughs> so that's not by, bad. By that math. Yeah, like another 10 years before we get them all done. <laughs> by 2030, we should be all done. <laughs> yeah, but don't forget they're making more. Yeah, I know. We'll just never catch up. We'll be here in our 90s, still going over Bond films. Like, there's this black woman that's a Bond now. What do we do? Uh, <laughs> all right, anyways, uh, Bond. Yeah. Why haven't they made an animated version of Bond? Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's it Bond Jr., 1990s cartoon series. <laughs> Back to oh, do they? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> it for us this time. Uh, you can contact us at the Freecast on Twitter. The the email nobody ever emails that, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm at MTWB <laughs> on Twitter. Vince is BWHUI. Uh, Ricky's Ricky underscore Williams one. Follow us. We're all awesome. Uh, we'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Stay safe.